You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. It's good to be with you today as we look at the battle we face, the armor, weapons, and prayer. This is the third of a three-part series on the armor of God. So join us, will you, as we look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 through 22 today on Words of Encouragement. You see my little friend here still, uh, Sir Andrew, the armor bearer, uh, with us again today because we're finishing up looking at Ephesians chapter 6 about the armor of God. Today, the battle we face, the armor, weapons, and prayer. We learned last week that these are not actual pieces of armor, that we do not get these armor. When you accept Christ into your heart, God doesn't suddenly materialize a suit of armor for you to be able to wear. Uh, There is no supernatural bubble that comes around you and uh, that you're just protected no matter what you do. Uh, These uh, pieces of the armor are, they're, they're pieces that we have already, that God has given to us, but they're not physical pieces but they are effective, and, they're in, and I would say more effective than pieces of armor that, are physically, uh, that we can physically touch against the schemes of the devil. We have this armor, but we have to exercise it to become familiar and comfortable with it. If you are able and you are willing, I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. The Bible says this, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, Be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. May God bless the reading of His Word. I would invite you to be seated. The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Look at the first part of verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. Again, he says, and take the helmet of salvation. This is not something you have to go and hunt down. This is not something you have to uh, hope that you somehow obtain. This is something you have as a believer in Jesus. You have this helmet of salvation. Paul encourages his readers to take it. What is it? Well, a helmet of that day was a padded metal bowl-like shape with a short guard for the brow. The padding was of either leather or cloth. It also had a neck guard. So we get in our minds here a picture of what Paul is referring to, but he calls it a helmet of salvation. He doesn't say put on a helmet. Uh, Now, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? (laughs) Put on the helmet. Just put on the helmet. You'd have, I mean, if you had, look, if you had Baptists who say we follow the book, were people of the book, then you as a Baptist would be wearing a helmet, okay? If you were a real, true Baptist, you'd wear a helmet. If that's what the Bible said, put on the helmet. You'd be like, okay, well, I got put, I've got a helmet. I'm going to put it on. 
And we'd look silly to the world, but if you were a real Baptist, you'd put on that helmet because that's what the Bible says. And we like to say that we follow the Bible. Notice what I said. We like to say we follow the Bible. There's so much of it we leave out, and that's a shame. But he calls this the helmet of salvation. If, if it's not an actual helmet, then what is he referring to here? He uses the word salvation. So he points us in a specific direction. One scholar I looked at felt that perhaps what is intended here is the idea that our secure identity in an already possessed salvation means that we have no reason to be fearful. I like that. If you have Christ in your heart, if your destination when you leave this earth is heaven because of what Christ did on the cross for you, if you are certain and assured in your salvation, then there is nothing to fear. Oh, but Brother Craig, I don't want to die. Well, nobody wants to die. But listen, if you're going to heaven... If, if your eternal destination has been made secure because you have trusted in Jesus, if you have that security in Jesus, if you have that security in your salvation, then what do you have to fear? Let me remind you, this world is temporary. We're not going to be here forever. Another person I looked at said of the helmet, saving grace is to serve as a protection for the believer. So along the same lines there. Listen, the knowledge that you and I have that we are safe, whether we live or die, is what Paul is referencing when he says, put on this helmet of salvation. It's a helmet of security. It's a helmet of assurance of your salvation. You know where you're going. Put that on. Look, we need to put it on. Paul says, put it on. Why does he say put it on? Because we need to live in that security every day that we live in this world. We need to live in that security. We need to know that no matter what happens, God's got me taken care of. I am okay. I'm going to be okay. Now, a lot of us love this world a lot, and we, like, we want to stay here as long as we can. But reality is, heaven is a whole lot better place. It is a whole lot better place than where we are. And I think many of you are beginning to see that. Our world's in a... In a in a whirly jig. <laughs> it is in a really odd place. There comes a point when we realize that this life is not forever. And when we do, even for a moment, realize that our life continues past the one we can see with our own eyes, then we can pick up that helmet of salvation and we can move forward. We can move along. We can get out in this world and know, look, I'm safe. I've got Christ in my heart. I know where I'm going when I die. I can live in this world with Christ by my side. We know we're safe. We know we're in the protecting arms of the shepherd's Savior. In Romans chapter 14 verse 8, Paul tells us, For if we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Oh, that's good news today. That is good news to know that we are the Lord's, whether we live or die. He's taking care of us. I draw a lot of comfort from that. 
knowing that he's, he's got my back. He's, he's with me. As long as you are living this life and looking at it with your limited temporary eyes, you will fail to live a life of courage and a life of peace that God intends for you and I to have. You will never know the safety God gives if you're out in this world without the helmet of salvation. If you don't have that security of that salvation, of your salvation, you're out in this world and you are wandering. You're out in this world and you're troubled. You're looking at what's happening in our world and you're thinking, oh my, oh my goodness, I just don't know. I had some friends of mine go to Los Angeles just recently. I'm thankful they were not hurt. I'm thankful that the thieves that struck their vehicle did so while they were not there. Made off with $2,000 worth of stuff. I thought, why are you carrying $2,000 worth of stuff in your car? <laughs> but anyway, they, they, maybe they, they were on vacation. They had stuff with them. I don't know. But I thought, my goodness. And unfortunately, she said, I don't think we're ever going back. I thought, well, that's a shame. <laughs> but, I mean, things happen in our world. And if we're out in that world thinking, well, you know, if we're out in that world full of fear, then we're not being who we need to be in Jesus. We're not, we're, we're not who we need to be. We're not living the way we need to live. We need to live in Christ in this world, leaning on the assurance of our salvation. So let me ask you, are you leaning on the assurance of your salvation? As you live in this world, are you leaning on the assurance of your salvation? The second thing, we see the sword of the Spirit. The second part of verse 17, and the sword of the Spirit. What is that? Well, he, Paul, Paul defines it for us. He said it is the Word of God. This is the first weapon. Notice we've looked at armor. These are pieces of armor that we've been looking at. But now here is a weapon. It's the only offensive or offensive, excuse me, item mentioned here. Paul even defines it. It's the Word of God. Oh, it's powerful. Huh. When was it in the Bible that I remember seeing the Word of God used against, was it the devil? In the desert with Jesus? I seem to remember that Jesus used the word of God. Now the devil used it against Jesus, but he twisted it a little bit. He's good at that. He's good at making, at taking the scripture and twisting it just a little bit to make it mean something that he wants it to mean. And then Jesus comes back, if you look at, if you read that, and he corrects the devil and says, that's not, oh no, this is what it says. And he uses the sword of the Spirit, the words of God, the word of God, to battle this devil. Listen, the truth of God will always reign victorious. Why? Because it's truth. It's truth. And truth comes out on top. Truth is victorious. The devil does not deal in truth. He deals with truth, but not in it. He takes the truth, he bends it to, to suit his purposes, to, put, to, 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 to fit his use in pulling people away from God. And he does a pretty fine job of it, unfortunately. And he tried that with Jesus, but Jesus corrected him. He was successful with Adam and Eve, but will he be successful with you? 
Will you allow the devil to twist Scripture in a way that you're thinking, well, I can just, you know, it's okay. Well, you know, well, you know, the Bible just doesn't specifically address this issue I'm facing, so really I can do whatever I want. The principles of God's Word are enough. Look, I, I looked. I, I can't find anything in there about the Internet in the Bible. I, I, there's nothing about Google in there. It's, it, you know, well, I guess we can just do whatever we want with that. No. There are guiding principles in God's Word that lead us down the right path, that lead us toward becoming like Jesus. And that's where God wants us, on that path toward being like Jesus. Do not let the devil take truth and bend it in your favor. Use the Word of God. Stand up to Him. What does that mean? Well, that means you're going to have to know the Word of God. You can't use what you don't know. You can't use what you don't know. I mean, when, when the, look, when you're faced with something that's been thrown in your life, and, you, and the only scripture you can remember is Jesus wept, oh my, it wouldn't hurt to know a few more verses, amen? It wouldn't hurt to know what God says. Jesus wept. Well, it's a, it's a verse that reveals to us the humanity that God relates to us with. It, it reveals to us that God hurts. But boy, what does it do against issues that we face? We need to know the Word of God. We need to know it so we can use it. Notice there's no armor, though, for the back. There was a breastplate of righteousness. Well, my goodness, there was nothing for the back. We're never to turn our backs toward the devil. We're never to live as if he does not exist. Neither are we to ignore him thinking that he will ignore us. Well, if I just ignore the devil, he'll, he won't bother me. Look, the devil gets up every day trying to bother you. The devil wakes up every day. It doesn't even wake up. I wonder. He's got demons out there. He's, he's on call 24-7. He's out there all the time. He's always trying to stir something up in our lives, trying to get our minds off track. Boy, if he can get a hold of our thoughts, if he can make us think about something that's not eternally important, he's done his job. And that involves a lot in our lives. You look at this world. You, I don't, I, I don't want to, I feel, I feel bad encouraging you to turn on the news because it's so depressing. But when you look at what's happening in our world, you look at specific things that are going on, the children uh, being shot, just all types of things happening in our world, and you look at those things and you think, well, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, it'll just, maybe it'll all just get better on its own. No, it won't. No, it won't. You and I are the change factor we are the children of God. We're the ones who are supposed to be spreading the message of God. Spreading His love in the world. We're the ones that people ought to be able to depend on when they think of, well, do I know a Christian? We ought to be the ones they come to. We ought to be the ones they watch and are able to watch and see that's how a Christian lives. Oh, that's how a Christian lives. Well, my goodness, maybe, wow, maybe I need to learn a little bit more about what a Christian is. God expects us to lean on Him. The devil's always at work. We should always be on guard against Him. But He expects us to, to lean on Him, to stand firm against that devil. 
James gives us similar advice about standing against the devil. Well, listen to what he said. He said, submit therefore to God. What does that mean? Submit therefore to God. That means give yourself to him. Allow him to run your life. Allow him to be in control. Allow him to hold that tongue. (laughs) When you so want to say something, allow him to hold that tongue. Allow him to control how you live. That's what James is talking about. Submit therefore to God. And he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. James doesn't say something, anything. He doesn't say anything about running from the devil. With God, we have the ability to face the devil. James says we've got to submit to God. We're to follow Him. We're to walk with Him. We're to allow Him to rule our lives. When we do this, we will be able to resist the devil. And He will flee from us. We can't just sit back and take this like, oh, well, just, oh, well. The devil doesn't bother everybody. He, you know, he's not, he, he doesn't bother me. If you don't think, if you don't think that he is not concerned with you, your time's coming. Your time's coming. If you think he just doesn't care about you, he, he, oh, well, he just doesn't bother little old me. Listen, and I point the fingers at myself too. Maybe you and I aren't living the way we should. Because if we are leaning on the Lord and walking with the Lord and living with the Lord, the devil's going to notice and he's not going to like it. And he's going to start doing something about it. Because that is not his goal. His goal is not to have you living like a Christian. His goal is not to have you, you know, making God happy. That is not the devil's goal. The devil's goal is to pull your mind away from all of this and just let this Christian stuff be something you see and visit on a Sunday and you just do whatever you want the rest of the week. That's, the devil would love that. He would love for you and I to live that way and not make a difference in this world. But God, on the other hand, looks and says, Submit, submit therefore to God, James wrote. Submit to Him. Have you taken up the Word of God? Have you grasped the Word of God? Have you been reading the Word of God? There's so much in there that, we can, that, that is there to grow us to be more like Christ. Let's not avoid the Word of God. Have you taken up the Word of God? Have you taken it up? The next thing, the last thing, the use of prayer. Look at verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. My goodness, there's a lot in that verse. We see some prescriptions from Paul here. First, we're to pray always. That means, look, I, I, I looked it up. Translated, the word means always. (laughs) And in every season. Implying in every opportunity. And when an urgent need or demand arises, we are to pray. We're to talk to the Lord. We're to talk to the Lord all the time. There's nothing wrong. Look, I don't care if people think I'm crazy. When I'm going down the highway, sometimes I talk to the Lord. And if they pass me by, well, you know, now it's not as bad as it used to be. You know, they got these little Bluetooth things now, you know, and your Bluetooth in your car, and you could be on the phone with somebody, and they just drive by and go, oh, he's talking to somebody on the phone. I, I guess in a way I am. 
But it's a heavenly phone. It's a phone that I know that goes directly to God. And God doesn't leave, have a message on the other end saying, I'm not in right now. Please leave a message. I know I'm going to get through to him because when I talk to him, he listens. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. I'm nobody special. But in his eyes, I am. I'm one of his children. And he listens to his children. No matter what we face, we must face it with prayer. Again, what is prayer? It's communication with God. Without it, we're lost. We're, we're lost as to what to do in this world. Prayer is the communication that we have with the one who loves us most. This communication with God is important. Only if you want to have a relationship with Him. That's it. It's only important if you want to have a relationship with God. If you want to have a relationship with Him, then you talk to Him. If you want to have a relationship with a friend, you talk with them. You visit with them. You may even go fishing with them. Who knows? But you communicate with them. And so if you want a relationship with the Lord, you communicate with Him. If you do not, if you don't want a relationship with Him, then leave Him alone. Do not bother to share your thoughts with Him. Do not bother to share your feelings or your difficult situations and your praises with Him. But if you are a child of God, then you will want a close relationship with Him. Yes? If you are a child of God, then you will want that. Every child longs to have a relationship with their parents. You may say, oh, well, I don't, I don't know about that. What about these adopted kids? They've got these people that have adopted them, and they love them, and, and it is good, and yes, it is. But there comes a day when that child wants to know, who is my mama? Who is my daddy? And they go off looking. Because they want to have a relationship with them. We as children of God should want to have a relationship with Him. These prayers are urgent requests here. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Paul says, cry out to God for what you need. Be serious about it. Be intentional. Talk to Him. It, notice again, though, it says... Pray at all times in the Spirit. What does that mean? What does that mean? Brother Craig, does that mean if I don't study for that big test, that if I pray in the Spirit, oh God, I, I, I know I didn't study. I just want you to give me the answers today. Please, dear God, give me the answers. If I'm praying in the Spirit, doesn't that work? Afraid not. Look, our prayers need to be aligned with the Spirit, His Spirit. We're to pray under His influence and, and with His gracious assistance. Because you see, if we are children of God, we're wanting to do what God wants us to do, not what we want to do. Oh, come on, Brother Craig. Why can't I get what I want? If you're walking with the Lord, what you want will be what God wants. 
when you're praying out of the will of God, when you're out here saying, well, dear God, I really want that bass boat. My goodness, it would be nice. Dear Lord, give me the bass boat. Or give me that brand new car. I just want that. Lord, dear God, I want you. I know you want me to have it because you want me to be happy. I know you want me to have it. If that is in line, I mean, you've got to think about these things. <laughs> you've got to talk to the Lord about these things. Is this something you want? Or is God going to allow you to have it to do His work with? That's, oh, that's different there. Oh, that's different there. If you're actually going to use it and you know it and God knows it, that might be something that happens. But we can't sit out of God's will and say, Oh, well, I just want this. Dear God, give me this. Give me the answers to the test. I know I didn't study, but just let me have those. God says, look, you, you know you need to study. You know you should have studied. And you're sitting there at the desk and the teacher's passed it out. And now, well, you're on your own, Bubba. <laughs> I mean, come on. If you'd have studied, I could help you remember what you studied. But if you don't study, I don't know where you're going to be. You're going to be sitting there with a, a lot of red ink on your paper. And it's not going to be pretty. Notice also here. Paul tells believers to be determined, determined and persistent, to be on alert and pray for the saints. Boy, it's a lot in that verse. We're not to be off guard when it comes to the, to the devil. We're to be determined, persistent, be on, be on the alert, and then pray for the saints. Pray for each other. As we live in this life and we stand up against the devil, we do not stand alone. That's one of the best pieces of news that, that I remind myself with every time I walk in this door on a Sunday morning, I look and I say, I'm not alone. I've got brothers and sisters in Christ who are seeking to live like Jesus. At least that's my impression. That's, my, that's what I think. That's between you and the Lord. But I look and I think, there's my brothers and my sisters. There they are. I'm not alone in this world standing up against the devil. I'm not by myself. I've got brothers and sisters with me in the family of faith. And, and as such, we ought to continually pray for the safety of each one of us against the fiery arrows of the devil. Rest assured, the devil does not take a break. Peter said this. He said, be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. There it is again. Be on the alert. And this is Peter. Paul says it, and so does Peter. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That's kind of scary. And yet, God's bigger. God is bigger. Pray. Remain in contact with God. Know what He wants of you. Be close to His love. Be close to His care. Live the next moment knowing that you spoke with Him recently. Know that you... Look... Don't get to the end of the day and say, well, did I talk to God today? Don't live like that. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Do not feel removed from Him. I, I think that's one of the worst feelings. To feel as if you have to reintroduce yourself to Him. Hey, God, it's me, Craig. I think that's, I think that's hilarious on one side of all of it. I think God looks and says, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> but it's our feelings. 
we haven't talked to him in so long and we treat him like we do other people and we, kind of, we feel like we've got to remind him who we are. God, it's me, Craig. I know we hadn't talked in a long time, but I need to talk to you. And God says, I'm, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. Talk. Let's talk. Let's visit. Share with me what's on your heart, Craig. We have a God who loves us. We have a God if we will lean on Him. We have a God if we will lean on Him. He will protect us from the fiery darts, the arrows of the devil. Are you leaning on the assurance of your salvation? Have you taken up the Word of God? Are you well, pardon the pun, are you well versed in the verses? Do you know what the Word of God says? What is it saying to you? What is it saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about through His Word? Allow God to enlighten His Word to you and to your heart. Are you communicating with God on a regular basis? Listen, the time is now. The time is now to walk with the Lord. We can't put it off. We've got to be serious about it. We've got to take it seriously. We've got to decide in our own minds and in our own hearts that we've got to walk with Him daily. We cannot put it off. We cannot say, well, I'll do that one day. Oh, when I get my job. Oh, when I get my college done. Oh, when I get out in the workforce. I'll do it later. No, don't do it later. Do it now. The world needs to see what a Christian looks like and lives like. And they're looking at you and they're looking at me. And if that scares you, it, it probably ought to. Because we need to be living a life that says we belong to God. Maybe this morning you're here and you've never given your heart to Him. You've listened to this sermon and you've said, Well, goodness, this armor, this, this armor you talked about, you, you get it when you believe. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I believe. Listen, all it takes is for you to tell God, I'm sorry for my sins. Will you forgive me of my sins? The Bible tells us He will. All that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Ask Him to be in charge of your life. Give yourself to Him. And you'll find a God who gladly receives you. And says, you're forgiven. Now you're one of my children. Maybe today you need to give your heart to Him. Have you done that yet? Have you given your heart to Christ? I'd like to talk to you about that. You may want to uh, send an email to us. You may want to communicate with us through fbcwinsboro.com. I would love to communicate with you. Listen, if you're within our, uh, just our, our area, We'd love to meet you face-to-face, but if that's impossible, please email us. We'd love to talk to you about having Jesus in your heart. I hope and pray that uh, your week is going well and that you're looking forward to Sunday. I hope that you'll find a place of worship. Everyone needs a place of worship. Find a church that preaches the Bible. Find a church that loves people. And I mean, I, I mean that, that really loves people uh, because the, the uh, Spirit of Christ is in their hearts. You'll know it when you find it. 
but search that out. Don't be looking for a perfect church. There is no such thing. But find a place where the people are loving and the Bible is preached. Thank you so much for listening to Words of Encouragement. Join us again next week, same time, same place, and you'll hear, yes, the same gospel, but hopefully in a way that you can understand it and in a way that you can share it with others. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.